I kind of love to see it because I don't yeah. like this team, but they're losing their minds. Bergevin might be fired. I, By the time I would love to see it. Hello and welcome back to Where's My Stick? I'm Danielle. I'm Christy. And this is officially season four, the first <laughs> episode of season four. Quote unquote. <laughs> I know. Take two, take two. Take two for sure. But, uh, you know, the NHL left, uh, left us with tons of topics to talk about. And I think we're going to start with Evander Kane. <laughs> he is um, always... There's there, there's never a dull moment uh, in how shitty of a person he is in like all aspects. I'm just like let's just clear that. Uh, but right now we're talking about how uh, the NHL suspended him for 21 games without pay uh, from the San Jose Sharks because he violated NHL COVID-19 protocol. I believe he like faked his vaccination card. That's yeah, he like lied happened. about. Yeah. Now, I mean, in the past, like, what, two to three months, Evander Kane, unfortunately, has always been in the news. Um, But this uh, COVID-19 accusations or, you know, confirmed uh, allegations are different than the allegations about Kane um, gambling on NHL games, which the NHL um, investigated. Um, and this is also different from the court documents filed on behalf of his wife, Anna Kane, in which she alleged Kane sexually and physically abused her in the documents filed as a part of their ongoing divorce proceedings. Earlier in the summer, Anna came out with like a ton of stuff on Instagram. So we're not going to get into that, but just know that, you know, this is a long list of like recent stuff that Kane has done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if we go back. Yeah, if we're going back. Even more that. That's way too much to talk about. Um, but yeah, so uh, he is suspended, like I said, 21 games without pay. Um, didn't go to training t- camp. Uh, didn't play in the season opener. And there has been speculations that uh, Kane has played his last game as a Shark. Uh, reports came out that just, it's not even like all the things that he's done. It's the fact that like his teammates are kind of like sick of him. And many have stated this is allegedly, but many have stated that they are no longer willing to to play with him. So with that, my first question uh, is, what do you think San Jose will do with this contract? I mean, he still has three years left, uh, not including this year at a cap hit of $7 million. I I think it's like they can't do much with this contract because of his gambling debts and because he filed for bankruptcy so like I think I think they're like um his lenders they're anticipating that salary or whatever so they can't so they can't necessarily like void it um so they're kind of just like stuck in this weird limbo where they kind of can't do anything with it at least that's from my understanding Mm -hmm. um so I don't know what they'll do. They'll just sit there, I guess. And no one's yeah. trading for him. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't expect anyone to trade for him this season. I think that he doesn't play the rest of the season. Like, I can't imagine him coming back. Just because multiple people, or I've heard multiple places about uh, his teammates not wanting him to come back uh, to to the team. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, 
Carolina or Montreal or, you know, another one of these teams gets him in the offseason as problematic as he is or as problematic as a player is. I, I feel like they're never completely shunned from the NHL. Yeah. And just like who would want to deal like I'm saying like who would want to deal with that headache, but then other people who I thought who I thought NHL teams wouldn't touch have are playing this year. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah, true. All right, one last question about Evander Kane. How do you think his actions will affect the uh, hockey diversity <laughs> alive? I was actually thinking about that because he yeah. was so, like, vocal yes, in the beginning. That, yeah. And, like, he was he was making moves and stuff. And I don't even think I've heard from them in terms of these allegations and stuff and, like, what they what they think about it but I can't imagine that they would want him um being the face of that organization anymore because really that's kind of what he was like Mm -hmm. last last I remember hearing from them so I know that they did uh release a statement okay so this came out this was this came out August 3rd and um This is when, like, a a lot of the allegations came out. It said, the Hockey Diversity Alliance is aware of the allegations against our colleague and friend Evander Kane and find them troubling. We take these allegations very seriously, and we are committed to learning the truth. We fully believe in due process and respect the privacy of Mr. Kane and his family. In the meantime, Mr. Kane is is on voluntary leave as a HDA board member as to not distract from our mission to eradicate systematic racism and intolerance in hockey. So that came out August 3rd, like I said. Um, And, you know, this question is basically why I brought up Evander Kane (laughs) in today's episode. (laughs) It's because, like, you know even though he stepped down as a board member, like you said, he was such a vocal part and like such a key part of this, of the creation of the HDA. And like, he was one of the black players in the NHL that, you know, wasn't just like a fourth line grinder um, or just like a fighter. I mean, like he does fight, uh, but he was like one of the well-known black players in, in the league. So um, I just wonder if this hurts their credibility because of all of his actions. I mean, at the end of the day, Evander Kane is not a good person. And, you know, that brings up the question, do you have to be a good person to want to eradicate racism in a sport? Like, I, I don't know, but I just, I definitely, I don't know. Like, the HDA had a lot going up against it anyway. Um, and this just makes it even harder, in my opinion. Yeah, it definitely doesn't help how, like, one of the main forces and faces of your organization, like, his teammates don't want to play with, they don't want to play with him. And his wife is, like, he's, like, gambling debt, he's not taking care of his children, he is going out, spending copious amount, like, he's just, he's just a mess. And then, like, he's not even playing because he's also an idiot. Right, right. I was, <laughs> I, I was about to say, we kind of skirted past that, but, like, faking your um, your vaccine cards? Like, excuse me? 
in a pandemic, like, what are you doing? Like, he's just not thinking rationally or or maybe he is I don't know but it's just not great and it's it's actually really really unfortunate because like it you is. said he's he's one of the black players that is highly known and he's like a really skilled player like he had his best statistical season last year I think meanwhile a mess yeah it's it's even more disheartening um but not surprising based off the player and like the person that we he's he's shown himself to be. Yeah, that's true. All right, moving on, there is now like Seattle is finally an official team. Has it's played its game it's, it's played games already. Uh not yeah. doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> They're currently at the time of recording one, four, and one. Uh, is their record. They, you know, before the season start, they had a couple bouts of missing key players due to injury, but also just to COVID protocol. Um, so at currently, like I said, at the time of recording, there were out Chris Dreger, uh, Marcus Johnson, and Colin Blackwell. Dreger is a goalie, so not their starting goalie, but definitely one I think would have been a backup. Marcus Johansson, a forward, can play any forward position and then Colin Blackwell, who's a for also a forward, but can play center and left wing. Um, are you surprised by their start? I, I don't know if maybe Vegas kind of tainted us a little bit. Like I'm a little bit surprised, but then when you, I look at the lineup, I'm kind of just like, Oh yeah. Like their defense is, is definitely questionable. And when it comes to, I think they just got Yanni Gord. But, like, when it comes to, like, their forwards, there are definitely names there. But I guess maybe they just haven't put it all together. And isn't Hawksaw their coach? So, <laughs> I feel like we should have. That's who I was going to bring up. Like, I'm, you know what, I'm not surprised at all. I think even though Vegas was, like, a, a big surprise and, and now we kind of, like, we're expecting Seattle to be good right out of the gate, Based off of their moves, like since their draft, yeah, I I don't see how they really thought they were gonna do well. I'm surprised that they aren't as good as I expected defensively because I thought actually defense, well, I thought goaltending and defense was a place of um, strength for them going into this season, and that just doesn't seem to be the case. Um, but I will say in their defense, they started off on the road which is pretty hard. And I mean, Dave Haxall is their coach and I don't think Dave, Dave Haxall is a good coach. I think he plays to, he doesn't play a, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I hate to say oh. good style of hot. Like yeah. I, I just, he's, I mean, it's definitely not a fun style to watch, but even if it was like boring and, but but useful or, or successful, I could understand in that way, but it's not from what I've seen. Um, and so I, I'm not surprised. I, I do feel a little bit bad for Seattle fans, but it just didn't seem like management was really trying to win right off the gate. So it's not surprising that they're not winning. And it kind of seems like they have a lot of people that were good. Um, secondary Mm -hmm. options but they were never like first options and then now they're all first options and 
they might seem to be like struggling with that. Yeah, and that's so crazy because I mean we'll we'll get into the penguins, but I think they're in like a similar spot where like none of the guys are first or second options um that you would <laughs> want your team, but for the penguins it's working and for uh the for the Kraken it's not and you can't help but wonder like coaching what's the systems that they're rolling I mean it's nothing to be too concerned about like I said it's the beginning of the season they've played six games only one at home um so I mean we'll definitely have to check in but uh a little bit like I can't help but smile uh that this is the the this is what they're off to um under Dave Haxtell <laughs> He didn't have success in Philadelphia, didn't have success as defensive, whatever, in Toronto. And he's, you know, not starting off too great in uh, Seattle. There were a lot of good coaches available in the season. There were. There were. Makes me wonder, like, who said no? Like, who was just like, nah, I'll I'll pass. who Who did he talk to? Like, yeah. Well, apparently he was very close with Dave Haxtell and when they were with Team Canada because Haxtell did get picked up by Team Canada because of Dave, uh, because of Hextall. So, oh, oh God. I mean, Team Canada, you don't really need much. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. You just need to show up, basically. So moving on to surprise and surprises, let's talk about some early season surprises. Uh one that I'm actually pretty excited about uh, is Montreal. Like, I'm I'm sorry. I was in hell <laughs> with Montreal being successful last offseason. I was, uh, or last postseason, I was in hell. I Everyone on my timeline jumped onto the Montreal bandwagon, and that is something that I'll never do. And Chrissy knows how spiteful I am. And when I don't want to give people anything, I never want to give much y'all uh, any of my attention, no matter how much I like Cole Caulfield. But uh, speaking of them, they are starting off uh, uh, surprising. I mean, they're one in five in their last six, or I should say their first six. They lost Carey Price. He is actually t- uh, t- took a step back and is using the player assistance um, or substance abuse, or you know, it's not specifically substance abuse, but um, a player like a assistance program. Yeah, program. yeah. So um, he has taken time to do that. And Montreal, I mean, they lost Kakinemi. 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 Yeah, they lost him. Uh, they brought back Duran, or they, you know, they got Duran oh, back. Shea Weber's out. Shea Weber's out, but to, I mean, that is to be expected at this point, at this point, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and he might not play again, and in my opinion, as someone who's seen Ben Chirot play in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. he is not good, mm-hmm. so having him kind of have to take that Shea Weber spot um, is just good luck um because I've seen I've seen like um I've seen like a video somewhere and it was someone talking about Montreal and how like how right now they're running their power play as if Shea Weber is still there Mm -hmm. and it's just like you can't you can't do that with the people that you have like you kind of have to adjust and 
And I think looking at this team up and down, I think it it should have been expected that they would be they would take a step back. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely think they overperformed last off season, but I still yeah, they look at their made the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I I just think that I do see like offensive firepower. So it is surprising that, you know, at least one or two of these games, they just weren't able to out, to outscore their issues. Like Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki are two guys that, you know, you couldn't stop hearing about in the offseason. And, and they're having a couple, like a slow start to their season. Tyler Toffoli is always a guy. I mean, granted, I don't think Montreal has played uh, Vancouver yet. So maybe <laughs> Toffoli is still continuing to save his goals uh, against them. But um, even like, you know, Anderson, I would expect it uh, to to be scoring a little bit. Um, he's a power forward that, gosh, I, he gets injured a lot. I mean, he's a power forward, but like, I would like him on my team. So <laughs> I always expect him to score. Yeah. I, I think losing, um, what's his name that went to the Kings? Philip Deneau. Deneau, yeah. I, I think that also is a factor because yeah, they got mm-hmm. Christian Dvorak, but now you have Nick Suzuki playing. He's, he's their first line center right now. Mm-hmm. So, and he's still young, so it'll take him time to yeah, grow into that. But I mean, I kind of love to see it cause I don't yeah. like this team, but yeah. they're, they're mind is might be fired. I, by the time I would love to see this. I would love to, <laughs> I would love to see the chaos. But I, I feel like once we talked about it, they're going to go on the five-game winning streak, which, but so far, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Montreal. <laughs> Honestly, I can't complain. Yeah. Buffalo has been a bit surprising. I mean, they're not like 5-0, and but they're 3-1-1. One and one. And against teams that I expected them to lose against, I, I don't know. They're without Jack Eichel. Of course, we still no update. This could take forever. Um, apparently his team is like gathering information from a lot of different doctors to try to get them to, um, you know, to show the NHL or to show the Sabres that this is a safe procedure that he wants done and that they should sign off on it. But in the meantime, uh, they're doing pretty well. Kyle Ocposo, from what I've seen, has looked like he's de-aged 10 years and he's like his young self. Uh, and they're all, they're without Rasmus Ristolainen, which hurts uh, more specifically because he's on the Flyers, and everyone's saying like, was Risto <laughs> the problem all along? <laughs> maybe, like, maybe. Oh, God. Disgusting! I can't believe that he's on the Flyers. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> the last place Flyers, actually. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, we'll talk about the Metro, but that's a very close. It's a very close division, but yeah, Buffalo. Um, you know, I, for their fans, like, I'm happy for them. I hope they, I mean, I don't know. What do the fans want? Like, do they want them to continue winning or do they want them to lose? So they get Shane, right? Uh, whatever the majority of wants, I hope it works out for them. Cause I do like Sabres fans. They're very fun and they're very nice when they're not yeah. making fun of the Penguins or the Flyers. They're very, they're very passionate. And yeah, it's, I, it's, I feel like they kind of deserve a win, and mm-hmm. you kind of thought Jack Eichel was that win, but yeah, not turning out great. No, not at all. Uh, speaking of not great, the <laughs> Chicago Blackhawks 
are currently <laughs> 05 and 1. Like they have not won a game, which it's only six games, but I it would be such a delight to see them get to 10 games without a win. It would just be so nice. And in these five, six games, they played the Penguins, which is always a guaranteed win. So, right, it is. It's <laughs> just like, I I mean, what more could I ask for? Actually, this, what I'm about to say. Per Adam Gretz, he tweeted out, in, over, in just over 100 minutes of 5-on-5 hockey this season, Chicago has been outscored 10-0 to with Seth Jones on the ice. Like, icing on the cake I just talk about and this is after Chicago just signed him to a massive nice. contract like I'm I'm pulling but it, it doesn't up now. start like, until next year I mean he's not he's definitely not worth it this year uh yeah nine next year he makes 9.5 million currently right now he's making 5.4 even that's and too much that yes yeah yeah. But I mean that's defenseman. I mean he's a number one defenseman. That's not crazy. The nine point <laughs> five is crazy. Where is he a number one defenseman? What you on Columbus. He's a number one on Columbus. Yeah. But I just uh, uh in Patrick Kane's one thousandth game, they booed the team off the ice. Like fans have booed the oh team off the ice. So they've been booing uh, the the players have been. Oh, that's <laughs> what I'm about to say is not nice. The players. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Blackhawks have been booed off the ice three times at home so far. So yeah, let's, let's get they, four more. They booed the coach in the home opener. Yeah, yeah. Very possible for coaches to wear out their welcome, but I don't know if this new guy was the right guy to pick. And years later, it it doesn't seem like it. So uh, we'll see. <laughs> It's just so strange because it kind of seemed like they were rebuilt, like trying to mm-hmm. rebuild. And then they all they sent out that letter. Something, yeah, something. They did something, being like, "Okay, we're gonna be bad." And then and the then, players got mad. They were like, "What?" Yeah. Old ass and then, players. but then, yeah. but it's like Taves, you're not playing this year. So what else are we gonna do? <laughs> but then they go and get. Um, Seth Jones and then they get Marc-Andre Fleury and whoever else they got and it's just they were supposed to take a, a leap and it's like it feels like they're tanking but they're, they're, not. they're, they're not they're like very serious Yeah. do you think Marc-Andre Fleury regrets signing in, in or like actually playing in Chicago <laughs> yeah probably like <laughs> this is awful yeah true he should have just retired it's that's that's a tough position for him to be in, right? Like he got traded from Vegas thinking that he was gonna finish out his career in Vegas, I I would think, unless he'd come back to Pittsburgh for like a year. And then he gets traded to Chicago. And like what he probably doesn't believe I mean, he literally just won the Vesna. So like he still thinks he has yeah, years left. left. And no. They're just like, no, we're going to put one of the worst defenses in front of you. <laughs> I mean, how bad does Dylan Strom have to be to not even be able to make this team? He's not on the team? Like, he, like, almost every night he gets, like, scratched or, like, he's out of the lineup. Or, oh like, my God. or he'll be, like, the third or fourth line center or something like that. Like, how, what happened? The t- The coach, I don't know. 
That's crazy, Dylan. Dang. Really thought he was going to work in Chicago. I mean, he d- it did for a while. Yeah, it he did. The brain cat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, between Chicago and Montreal, who do you think coach or GM gets fired first? I think... I think um, Colleton in Chicago, just to, like, mm-hmm. save him. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it, that's brutal every day. I agree. I agree with you there. I agree with you. Okay. So, moving on to TV deals. We talked about in the offseason that the NHL has new signing TV deal. And we got to see a couple of, uh, you know, ESPN, NHL on ESPN, NHL on TNT. Uh, so any thoughts? How do you like the games? Um, I do have a couple of complaints. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so ESPN, it looks really, really good. And I like, um, Emily in yeah. between, I, I like Kaplan. her in between the benches. Um, I, I don't, I don't remember who they have, um, like in between games, but I feel like it's a lot of the NBC guys. Yeah. Um. But TNT. So Wayne Wayne Gretzky, he might be one of the he he's the greatest hockey player. Okay, like we we understand this. As a broadcaster, I'm I'm not sure. It might just be like he's still trying to find his feet, but they give me very much time to be like um Charles Barkley and yeah, Shaq yeah. and how they are during mm-hmm. the during basketball because they have Paul Bissonnette and he's supposed to be like the funny one but he's actually not that funny <laughs> so <laughs> so it's really awkward that some of his jokes just like don't land and then they have I forget his name but he was like the host from NBC and he's still doing that but then you have like Paul Bissonnette trying to be funny and then mm-hmm. Wayne Gretzky just being like oh yeah I remember him so it's just very weird but it looks good like it looks like they put a lot of money into the broadcast yeah Yeah. just the commentary and stuff kind of needs some work yeah I agree with you I think the everything that you brought up or kind of points that I I would have brought up as well um you know it's nice to see that like they are putting in money and it actually just makes it just even more obvious how much NBC didn't like, really <laughs> yeah. get or just like take it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So it is nice to see the effort. Um, I do know that there's going to have to be a grace period for like the commentary and yeah. to get good and to get into a rhythm and find uh, chemistry. Um, so like that, I'm not really worried about, to be honest, I actually during intermissions and stuff, I actually like mute it. Um, because I do that thing where I'm watching the game and then I'll read and watch the game and read. So uh, I haven't been too keyed in, but you know, I know it's going to, it's a work in progress and that's fine. I'm just so used to like my team's like local broadcasting that I'm just like, just give me that. Like, that's the one thing I do miss is not having, not having NHL TV because then I could just like find the game I'm looking for and it's all on one app. I don't have to have two different streaming sites to watch all of the games because um, you know how some games are on ESPN, some are on TNT um, or ESPN plus, whatever. Um, 
that's a little annoying, but you know, what are you going to do? I mean, they had two partners, so of course it's going to be that way. Uh, it just makes me annoyed that I'm not in my markets area to watch all yeah. of these. Yeah. That's the only thing. But over, overall, you know, I, I, you know, I know I'm, I'm not unhappy. I will say the in-game commentary with Emily Kaplan is really fun because she always, it's a kind of like a continuation of like her cool articles that she always releases. And, mm-hmm. and it's not like necessarily like, cause I mean, I like statistics. I like them too, but I also like little nuggets about players and like their backgrounds and stuff. And she always has that. So I always, I think everything she says that I really like. So, um, I think that's cool. Also didn't talk about this with Seattle, but I know Seattle has, um, Allison Lucan, Allison Lucan or Lucan, she's doing she's a lot of Columbus. stats. Yeah, she used to be with Columbus, yeah. and she has a lot of stats. Um, she's super nice and like super knowledgeable about stats and like hockey and tracking um, data. Um, and I think that's really cool that Seattle like brought her in to like give that perspective and like kind of educate new fans on that. Because I wish I had that when I started watching hockey instead of like <laughs> Googling and like texting my one friend. Um, but yeah, so I like that they're trying new, new and different things. Yeah, you definitely see that they're, they're still like getting their feet wet and getting used yeah. to different things. Yeah, for sure. So let's jump into the Pittsburgh Penguins, of course. A surprising <laughs> record right now. They're 3 0 oh, 2. So they have yet to lose in regulation. You know, both of those games that they lost in over or yeah, in overtime in a shootout. I thought that they definitely could have won it in regulation. So they never really seemed outplayed in any of these five games. And that's shocking because they have a ton of injuries and like COVID on COVID protocol. So injuries, of course, we have Malkin who was supposed to be out for two months, a Crosby who was Crosby who's supposed to be out for a month. And then Brian Rust, who got hurt in the season opener. Um, all three of them are currently skating as of uh, the recording. Um, Rust and Malkin, probably a little bit more longer term than than Crosby. But Sullivan, of course, has said they're they're taking their time, like with all of their injury injured players. Um, and the one of the most recent in the room, they had like a little focus on. Um, Malkin and Crosby like rehabbing their their injuries um so that was cute to see them like like working out together even though we don't get to see them all the time it's just nice to see them at all it's good that now they don't have to rush they yeah build the cushion for themselves exactly uh and then on COVID protocol Jeff Carter which was like a dagger to the heart and then Chris Letang two new ones uh I know that Jake Gensel or no yeah, Jake Gensel and Zach Aston Reese were currently on COVID protocol. And then even Jari was on there for like a day, but it was a false negative. Um, but it was confirmed that Latang has COVID. And I think the same for Jeff Carter. So that's Thanks. that's a little concerning, especially because we just <laughs> talked about how the team is without Malkin, Rest, and Crosby. And now they're without Latang and Carter. And the thing with COVID protocol is that it could be a week, it could be two weeks, like who knows how long they're going to be out. Um, and so the Penguins are, you know, like they do every year, talking about the next man up mentality. And I mean, 
I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to keep saying, like, I, I keep not giving them credit because, like, I feel like I do give them credit. I know that the Penguins team somehow makes it work without key players on the roster. But, I mean, like, this is just going to work until one day it doesn't. Like, that's really out of it. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, players like, that I like and I value are playing out of their mind. Right. We'll, we'll talk about them in a second. But, like, even in – because normally they start off – I feel like normally they start off pretty, like, slow. And then I felt like, okay, they're out – said they're out mocking. So, like, they're – we'll see. We'll just see mm-hmm. how many games they win. And they were just like, no, no, we'll just do better, which shouldn't be surprising because normally when Sid's out and Malkin's in, they do really well. Mm-hmm. So I guess with both of them out, they were just like, you know what? We're all just going to play to our highest potential. Yeah. Like you know, everybody because- is like showing out and showing up. And a lot of this is like new guys that like, you know, we're fighting for a role last season. And to be fair, like, I mean, it was a long off season for the Penguins, but they were a good team. Like they won the Metro division last season. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like this team and Hackstall didn't like lose. We didn't lose a ton of people. I mean, we lost Jared McCann and, um, the Brandon Tanev, which everyone loves now. That's, that's funny, but, (laughs) uh, you know, but all these other guys that didn't have a, like, you know, when those guys were in the lineup, they didn't have a role like Evan Rodriguez, Drew O'Connor. They're stepping Dominic up. And they're, yeah, Dominic. And, like, Dominic Simone fights for a position when, like, Dominic Simone is a good player. Like, how is he fighting for a spot in the lineup? I mean, I, you could say that shows how deep the Penguins are, but I also just feel like people are, the coaching staff discredits Dominic Simone a little bit, but it's fine. Whatever. Um <laughs> So uh, yeah, I brought up Evan Rodriguez. You know I like him. I I I've really enjoyed Evan Rodriguez ever since he was on the Sabres. He's a guy that literally you can put th- anywhere throughout the lineup, and he doesn't like look out of place. Now, do I want him to be the first line center for the rest of the season? No, it's not sustainable for him. But I feel like one two games when you need him, like he definitely delivers. And I'm happy that he got his flowers and he's getting his flowers right now because, you know, there was a time, I mean, obviously the Penguins traded him to Toronto and then they re-signed him in the off season. Um, But I I like him as a player. I think that he's a good depth player. He doesn't cost a lot like ever. And um, he's another Leo on the team. So I, I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, he is. I felt very vindicated for you when he was doing so well against Toronto. I was just like, this is what Daniel was waiting like, for. This is, yes, this is truly it. But even a little bit last season, because um, ha- he has chemistry with Jeff Carter um, when they were on the third line. Well, it was the second. It, it was a bunch with players being injured. But he, he can play, especially when he has good line mates. Um, him and Jack Eichel went to BC. Uh, yeah, be no, be you together, be you, not BC, be you together, and they like you know he can play with skilled players. Yeah, and then happening in that Toronto game, like he was fishing for one, like he really wanted a goal. Yeah, I I wanted him to get a goal. I feel like he's he should have finished more than he had so far. He has so far this season, um, but I know he wanted to score against like yeah, Nylander and them. 
<laughs> as he should. Yeah, he should. Um, another person that I want to bring up who had a really good night against Toronto um, was Drew O'Connor. And, oh, my gosh, I felt so good for him, too, because I thought that he looked good last season. Like, he didn't get a ton of uh, games with the Penguins, but I thought that he was good enough. Like, he just didn't score. Like, I thought he was doing everything right, but but he just couldn't put the puck in the net. So he got, <laughs> um, he, I mean, he got sent back down. Now, like, I mean, he's making a case that he should fight and have a spot in in the lineup. And I just love to see that because he adds youth to the team. I mean, he's not super young, but he's <laughs> probably like 25. <laughs> yeah, like, I think he's like, what, 23? Um, adds youth to the Penguins. Yeah, I mean, the Penguins are like 34. <laughs> that is youthful. 34 and up. Yeah, like literally uh, 34 and, and oh, up. He is, he is 23. Yeah, of course, he's undrafted. He came, yeah, he just came out of college, and he was a good player um, in college. Uh, so I was really excited when the Flyers signed uh, when the Penguins signed him, um, because you know they have little to no prospects. So it was nice to to get a college guy to come here, which they normally tend to do. I mean, you know, they do. Zach Aston Reese. Uh, and then again, I'm sorry, I forgot. You know what? I don't know. And you know what? I'm I'm okay not knowing. <laughs> no, New New York, because every time we play a team near New York, we he, they talk about him, the subway, his dad with his lunch pail. This is enough. It's too much. It's too much. Like Bob Erie loves bringing it up. It's sick, actually. Um to talk about another player who I thought had a really good game. I mean, obviously had a really good game against the Leaf, but the Leafs, but he has been playing well so far this season, and I think uh, that was one of the players I was most uh, concerned about going into this season was John Marino, just because last season wasn't as wasn't what I expected. I thought he kind of took a step back, um, and and the was concerning because it's not even like he stayed where he was because his rookie season with the Penguins he looked phenomenal. I thought last season he took a step back and they just signed him to that pretty, you know, pretty hefty defensive contract. Um, but I thought that he looked really good. Jesse Marshall, you know, it's hockey season if I'm bringing up Jesse Marshall. <laughs> but he Friends said, <laughs> he said Marino has reached another level tonight. And I just think that was so, it was much needed because yeah. not only because we needed to see him take a step forward this season, but where the Penguins are and like how many injuries and people being on COVID protocol, like they needed him to step up, especially this was a game against the Leafs where they were without Chris Letang. And so he was playing on the top line. I mean, the top pairing, that's not the first time that he's played with Dumoulin. And I th- always thought that he looked good with Dumoulin. And I mean, I don't think I said this to you, but I've always been interested to see them together a little bit more, but you know, Chris without Dumoulin acts a little yeah, saucy no. on his own. So I, it's very rare we'll see. <laughs> Dumoulin has to like yeah, even in real Yeah. Um, so, but it's nice to know that if Chris does go down, Doom, um, Marino doesn't look bad or out of place. Right, right. He won't topic. look lost. Yeah, like exactly. Exactly. Um, and, you know, a guy that he's paired with, normally is paired with Marcus Pedersen, was actually on the third line or the third pair in that game, but had himself a game. He did. He was very offensive that game. Yeah, I was like, he was. And that's this? not something we normally see from him. Right. I was like, yeah. who is this? I feel like this is, like, 
this was the Pedersen we saw when we first got him. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And um, I know that uh, he was, you know, with Latang out, the defensive pairs were shuffled. But I thought that he looked pretty good. Let's see who he started out with. So he started out with Friedman. And I believe that's who he played the majority of the game with. And, and you know, I thought they looked they look good together. With uh, Chris Letang being out, Yuso Rikola was recalled from Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Um, and, Mar- and Friedman got in. Were you surprised to see Friedman in? I, what I wanted, which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which was unlikely because of which side he plays on. I wanted them to call up um, um, POJ, but they can't, they won't do what I want. But I'm surprised Friedman didn't look so bad because I'm actually not that high on him as a player. I feel like he takes a lot of penalties. Um, so, oh yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he's a scrappy type player and he hasn't played in that many games, but Ron Hextall really likes him. So like Sullivan not has to play him, but he's like the seventh defenseman now, it seems like. But just by how like these defensive pairing, pairings kind of look, I'm surprised. I guess I'm a little surprised at how well they played because yeah. I don't trust trust Matheson <laughs> no. at all. And for him to be paired with Ruedel, it's it's a little concerning. Only because you know at most we've seen Ruedel as a third pair pairing defenseman, and yeah. an offensive one, I would say, at that. You never really see him as the defensive defenseman, and if he's paired up with Matheson, that's what he's going to be. But, you know, I thought that they they looked really well, but the Penguins as a whole defensively played really well against Toronto, and Toronto just couldn't make anything happen, which, you know, you love to see. You love to see. It. You really do. And seeing them implode afterwards, like, that... <laughs> Let's touch on that. Like, they are not, they're suffering in there. One more, if they lose one more game, like, it's over. It's over. Like, they're so dramatic. They're so dramatic. But you know what? This is the drama that I like to see from them. And. Yeah. Yeah. Is it deserved? Who's to say? You know, I don't make the rules, but, you know, I'm liking what I'm seeing. And, I like to see drama on other teams. Yeah. Yes. And I like to see chaos in Toronto. Like, I just like to see them devastated. I like to see them with their pitchforks out. Um, <laughs> they're so aggressive. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's nice to see Kyle uh, not... Wait a bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, last cool. person I wanted to talk about was uh, Tristan Jari. So... Oh, well, well, sorry. One more thing about Pedersen. You know, I was of the mindset that I definitely thought he was an, an option to be traded this offseason. I'm still of that mind. And you know what? Right now, I'm glad that they didn't. I'm glad that they didn't, especially with the injuries right now. I think as much as I want to see POJ play, I think, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think Marcus Pedersen is doing what we need him to do right now. Yeah. So if you know in the future if he does need to get tra- if he does get traded, okay. But I think I'm happy they didn't do it right now. Yeah. Just because of and how the injuries that they have and the COVID protocol, it's just it's just a lot. That's true. But I'm always like, 
him or Matheson has yeah one of them has to go mm-hmm. I would rather Matheson yeah um but Pedersen looked really bad last season so I thought it was gonna be him yeah yeah and I think that you know it, it, Angie um, yeah Angie Carducci tweeted out that like you know he if Hextall could have found a partner like he was most likely going to be traded um but he just couldn't get anyone to bite and um I'm thankful for that right now because as much as like like you said I do want Matheson gone I don't want to just lose someone just to lose it like you know what I'm saying like I like I want Matheson gone like and I want him gone like I don't want yes. to sacrifice somebody just because it's like oh well we, we just need someone to leave like no I want the bad guy to leave he I'm and some people might say he's not bad. Like, he's he's just wishy-washy. Like, it's never – there's no consistency with him. And and you could say there's no consistency with Patterson there. Um, but there's something about Matheson I don't really like, so. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's because we did not sign that contract. And yeah. it's like, he makes so much. Yeah, and, and you know what? When they got him, like, everyone was talking about how that's one of the worst contracts in the league. Like, I just don't want my team to get laughed at anymore. Like, I – I right, would just like them to make enough. good. Yeah, like when are we gonna get good? Like do good moves. I mean, Jim Rutherford screwed us over on that. So, um, but yeah, Tristan Jari had a rough season last season. It be a rough postseason to Ooh. the point where I, I'm not gonna lie. Like I was thinking, like, oh, who is a good backup we can bring in to just help Dude, out? Why didn't we get Braden Holtby? <laughs> I, and I'll always say that. I'll always say that. That's still an option. I'll always say that. Um, the what the contract he signed in Dallas, like two million dollars. That's like, it. For like, him I would have revenge on the Capitals. Like we could have done that. Absolutely. So, but I I will say he's looked good at the start of the season. Like he is definitely, he doesn't seem shaken. He doesn't see, but you know what? His mindset, like the way he approaches stuff, it doesn't, didn't never seem like he was going to be shaken, but who knows? Like, I know I was shaken after last season. So I I wouldn't be surprised if he was. (laughs) I was so concerned. I was very concerned. And I guess this is, um, I guess this is a plus of Hextall and how he's been really patient well he's not he's only been here for like what two years but like he he's not like really rash in making decisions like he'll take his time and wait for something to work Mm -hmm. and he's not like trigger happy like uh Rutherford where it's like I just want to make a trade I'm making a train like he's not like that so I'm gonna make a trade to change to change the feeling in the room. Yeah, like, like Hagelin's gotta go. Like what? Like now he's on the Capitals. Disgusting. Like why would oh. you make that trade? Fine, whatever. Like he does whatever he did whatever he wanted in this team. It was sick. It was sick. I have two other points before we wrap up with the Penguins. Uh, you brought up POJ. I kind of want to spend a little bit of time on him. And my biggest thing is that like, what are the Pens planning to do with POJ? Like. For me, in my perspective, I think that he is it's time for him to be up with the big team. Like yeah. there's no need for him to be down in Wilkesbury Scranton. I mean, I know people say, well, he's only 22, but he I believe that he like he's this is like his third season in the AHL. And I, I just at some point, like, you need to just bring him up. Like he's not only like he's only gonna get NHL experience in the NHL 
right. And so I know that the Penguins have a, a little bit of a log jam on lefty, but like, I don't know. Like, I just, like, Chris Letang's hurt and Yusuf Ricola gets called up. I, I know that you rather Ricola because he's not going to play realistically and you want, um, P.O. Uh, P.O. Joseph to to actually play in games in the AHL, but I don't know. Like I think now is the time. Like defensemen need to play. Like the only way they get good at NHL defense is playing in the the NHL. And yeah, I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of like especially when like the team's always like like Black History Month so and like well. post. Yeah, and or like during Black History Month or whenever they want to talk about Black people, they're like throw out a picture of going to the like Black parts of Pittsburgh and being like, "Hey, kids!" So uh-huh. like, don't show me that and don't show me him on the ice. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, right. That's just so annoying to me. It's just like, what else does he have to do? Yeah, I feel like yeah. now would be the perfect time to bring him up because realistically. Him and Marino are gonna be like the next Latang and Dumo. Yeah, yeah. So why not have him learn under Dumo now while Chris Latang is still here? Like, let's discuss. Yeah, like it just makes the most sense to me because, like, you guys are trying to trade Patterson, Matheson. No, like, no. <laughs> so like, why wouldn't we bring him up? Like, it's okay to put. Matheson in the press box for a little bit or Pettison in the press box for a little bit so that he can play. I wonder if like once the Penguins get a little bit healthy but see my thing is that like I and everyone I feel like that meme and no one is even booing me yet but I feel that meme of like it's like why are you booing me I'm right but I feel like you can't like right now you especially can't say anything negative about my uh Mike Sullivan because of how well the team doing as a whole yeah. my thing is that like I've never trusted Mike Sullivan with prospects that he that didn't play under him because I yeah. feel like in with that like excluding Jake Gensel he's been really hard on prospects that didn't play under him mm-hmm. and it's really hard for them to make the team and like my thing is that like one of the biggest things that helped the Penguins win when they did was that the young players and it's like we haven't had a lot of young players on the team in how long since then everyone's 30 and up yeah like so you know when did that change so I I don't know I just feel like it's it's 10 times harder for players who never played under Sullivan and I just that's I just want to know what is their plan for Pia like what when are we going to see him because we've been waiting and like well enough is enough it, it could have been like they were because they were trying to trade either Matheson or Pettison yeah. and then hope hoping that he'd take that spot because yeah. they couldn't trade one of them maybe but and this is I'm his also- last year on his contract and so like I want them to resign him and I know they want to resign him and I wonder if they're right. doing this they're holding him back so that they don't have to give him a lot of money Next season, maybe that's... I just want to know the plan because I just want to see him. <laughs> we'll see. We'll definitely see. I mean, like, I I would prefer not having to trade Pedersen just to make room for PLD, but if that's what has to happen, then I'm... Yeah, I'm fine with it. Get him out. 
I know I just probably contradicted myself. I'm like, I don't want to just trade somebody just to trade, but like, I mean, like, we can trade him play. We need to know what, like, what we have in him in the NHL level. Because last season they were like, oh, well, like, he's like, he needs like 20 minutes a night. And it's like, all right, then play Chris Letang 25 minutes a night. Give those extra five minutes to put his POJ. Chris Letang plays 30 minutes a night. We could give PO 20 minutes a night. And then Matheson and whoever the last like 10. And then that's fine. Like that, I'm absolutely fine with Okay, last thoughts. uh, Our last thing is your thoughts on Brian Boyle. This was like a random signing, like right before yeah. the season started, the the Penguins went out and he came to training camp and got a contract, did not play last season in the NHL. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. And then he scored. Like, his first yeah, twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has oh, two goals. Okay. I like to hear that. Yeah. I think I, he's been fine. I think so too. And I, I, what I really like, I mean, like he's 36, which another oldie. Um, <laughs> but does he he's have like, a cup? Huh? I was gonna say, does he have a cup? So they that, can like, I'm not sure. I think time. so. I think so. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but I think that he's a good for like a four C. And mm-hmm. um uh CK on Twitter said this, and I was like, I didn't even think about that, but I absolutely agree. The penguins have really good depth wingers so he's always going to play with some really good guys so like I don't mind it and like especially if like you know once everybody gets healthy he sits a couple games like having a dependable 4c we have not had that since Matt Cullen yeah I was just thinking about it yeah and I was going to say like I I know like you could say like Teddy Bluger but like Teddy Bluger is more like a 3c than a 4c (laughs) but regardless I mean if he Bluger's your 4c you're doing fantastic but um with the way that the centers get injured on this team, it's always nice to have another guy that you can throw out there. He fought Wayne Simmons, which was fun. Mm. You don't you don't love to see that, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no fighting in hockey. The only one right, in my face. <laughs> uh, one guy I definitely want to talk about, Danton Heinen. I forgot to talk about him. Oh, uh, what a surprise! Yes, yeah, very surprising. Yeah. Like, where did we get him from? He played in Carolina, I want to say. Am I lying? Yeah. No, Anaheim. So he was with the Bruins, then he went to the Anaheim, and then he went to the Penguins. And in five games, there's five points, three goals, two assists. Wow. Yeah. So the Bruins it's were holding so crazy him back, because in Anaheim, he, in 43 games, he had seven goals, seven assists. For 14 points. So he's clearly doing doing better in Pittsburgh. Sometimes um, a new environment is really all you Yeah. Need. And playing with Jeff Carter definitely doesn't doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, guys that, you know, I didn't really think, like, I didn't think Dan, the Danton Heinen pickup this offseason was that big of a deal. But it was a really good one. Like, is this team kind of smart? Uh, it's too soon to say. It's too soon to say. <laughs> Five games in, it's a way too soon to say. But uh, you know what? I, I'm not mad about it. I like what I see, and you know, it's been good. So far. I'm hoping for a Casperi goal. That's what I want. 
five games four. No, five games four assists. Aw. Maybe he's waiting for Malkin to come back, but that don't wait on that. Don't wait on that. We wait for a while. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, that is it for us in this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe, maybe tell a friend. And if you really like this episode, give us a five-star review if you're listening on iTunes. You can reach us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. Come say hi, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye.